What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? My name is Solomon Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, not bad. What's yourself? Doing all right. Um, coming the day after a, another Rockets win, uh, Rockets won Game Two in uh, a very close fashion. Came down to the wire, kind of like how we uh, predicted it would go down. Uh, we thought this game would be a lot closer in the last podcast, as you remember. Um, Westbrook was back to his usual self. Um, and it looked, this is kind of the series we expected, right? When we found out the matchups, we thought this was this, this was the kind of series it was going to be, right? We thought the, yeah. thund- the Thunder were going to come out uh, and try to keep these games close. And then, you know, in the fourth quarter, it would just be a coin flip, right? Like as to, as to who gets the, who gets the final say. Yeah, uh, this is this is a lot closer to uh, what we thought it would look like, though. I do think that was kind of an everything goes right for okc kind of game through a lot of it yeah yeah and, and like uh to be fair to okc like that, that was like one of the best three quarters i've ever seen anyone play of basketball ever like in, in terms of russell westbrook in those first three quarters um he was amazing he had like 36 points uh over 10 assists uh a lot of boards uh i think he, i think i think he might have collected close to triple double um through the three quarters it was, it was very close but he was just awesome efficient under control and you know finding his teammates like that's the kind of russell westbrook that's like dangerous as hell right that's the kind of russell westbrook like when he's on top of his game he's like one of the best three players in the nba right and it's uh and this is kind of this game kind of symbolizes like russell westbrook perfectly to a t um right like, it was the best of russ it was the worst of russ right like um and uh, reason i'm saying that it's like you know the first three quarters are what we all want russ to be and and what like his supporters like this this is what they point to these are the stretches they point to uh when we talk about how crazy russ is and like you know how how, how awesome of a player he is and you know the fourth quarter is kind of what detractors like me like you know this is kind of what draws me off of Russell Westbrook he he can kind of he'll shoot you into a game for sure right and, and at that <laughs> he by, did yeah and by that same token he can shoot you out of a game uh like in that fourth quarter yeah that uh to hear him put it he didn't get tired and also they didn't defend him better and also his teammates didn't let him down he just needed to not do that. It's oh, oh, as you can tell. I watched the the Russell Westbrook post game. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like they're like, "Why did you shoot worse at the end?" And he's just like, "Well, I I need to do better." That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh, 
for whatever reason, it looked like he was slowing down because he was getting tired somewhat. Also, someone pointed out that after he got 10 assists, he started shooting more. Whatever happened, he took a lot of shots at <laughs> the fourth quarter, and a lot of them did not go in. It was pretty ugly. Uh, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know that I can blame him exactly, but he definitely missed a lot of shots. And by that same token, he ended the game plus 11. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, a lot of this is because, like, when when Russ sat down, man, like I I can kind of understand where he was coming from, t- you know, putting the offense on his on his shoulders like that. Like when when he sat down for that brief stretch where Billy Donovan sat him, like the Thunder just turned to crap, right? And a lot of that is because nobody on the floor could could play make, right? Like they didn't even have Victor Oladipo out there, and uh, he got back into the game and um and he went crazy and like it, it's tough, right? Like. Russ is such a polarizing player, right? Like I, I hate saying I hate criticizing him as a player because he's just so awesome. Those again, those first three quarters were awesome. Like he, he was again finding his guys really under, under control, making shots, getting to the getting into the lane. But I mean, when when you have like Doug McDermott open for threes and you're going you're driving into the lane with like packed paint, like what the hell are you doing, man? Like I, I that's kind of what draws me off with Russ, right? And um. And yeah, I mean, the, the, I I just that part of his game it, it's never rubbed off on me right, and and like it's the way we talk about Russ now reminds me a lot of how we talk about Kobe Bryant. You know, we're not allowed to criticize him. We're never allowed to criticize him ever. The same way with Kobe Bryant, and uh, that kind of pisses me off because like I was listening to the low post today, and he and even Zach Lowe was talking about how like. Like this season, Russ kind of just played Russ ball, right? Like that was what he said. Like, like uh, yeah, maximum he, Russ. Yeah, he just did like whatever he wanted, and the Thunder did, you know, had a lot of success because of that. But at the, and the same token, guys like Victor Oladipo, like they, they had, I don't want to say they had down years, but they, they certainly could have had better years, right? Yeah, uh, I think this is a lot more complicated than people make it out to be because. Uh, they're, the Thunder's other players are not just trash, so other people <laughs> might say. Like, I think it is a debate over which team has better players. I mean, I'm fine with saying that the Rockets are better constructed and have better players. That's fine. That's a compliment, if anything. But uh, I don't think the, like Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo, and uh, Taj Gibson are just total dookie out there. Like, these are good players. Yeah. They have not had good seasons, really, for one reason or another. And what is the one reason and what is the other is kind of what everybody wants to fight about, right? Like, is it is it Russ who's helping them to have as good a season as they could, or is Russ holding them back? Is the system holding them back? Like, I think the real question is, well, I think there's two questions. I think, one, could Russ be doing anything better? Uh, and I think... The answer to that is yes, but we don't. It's kind of unclear how much more. Like, yeah, he de- definitely needs to pass to some open shooters more often than he does, especially at the end of game two, and that's a situation that comes up of a lot. But it's unclear as to what exactly this kind of this team is going to be able to do because this team is basically like a a halfway team, I guess, if it makes any sense. Like they they lost Kevin Durant, and then they just been kind of trying to do something. And they're still not clear to the direction, so it's not like a complete team. So it's it's really hard to get a feel for how good the players are and how good the team is. Uh, the other question, uh, other than you know, could Russ be doing anything better? Is like how much is it really helping the team that what he's doing? Like, has it made them relevant? Has it like 
has it helping a potential? And I don't know. Like it's it's really hard to to answer all these questions. Like this is it's a really complicated season, and the Russell Westbrook issue is really complicated. And I think that sometimes he helps a team and sometimes he doesn't. And I don't know how much more he can say than that. Right, and 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 I don't want to give Sam Presti too much grief, right? Like he 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 definitely got a curveball with this whole Kevin Durant thing, right? Like I I, I do think to some extent they thought he, KD was coming back. Um, I thought KD was going back uh, when he chose Golden State. I was absolutely floored, right? Like I didn't expect it. Um, and I I think there were people in that front office that were kind of half preparing for both situations, right? When they traded uh when they traded Serge Ibaka for Victor Oladipo, that was a that was clearly a long term move, right? Um. And, like, I, I think to some extent they did see some writing on the wall there. But, I mean, in, so, in some aspects, like, the, I think they did think there, there was a chance KD would come back. And I think and I think um, it's just hard to build a team when, on the fly when you don't really know what's going on, right? When you don't have an answer from your superstar player as to whether or not he's returning. And so... Um, I I tend to uh, I tend to sympathize with Sam Presti there, but as far as like what Russ did with the players he had, like I mean like Stephen Adams is a good player, right? Like and and like I feel like he he gets he gets muddled in with all this trash that you know people tend to make of this roster, and he's actually a pretty really he's actually a pretty good player, like I and we good yeah he he's, yeah I would, I would love to have him on any team yeah like and. So you could even make a case that Steven Adams is probably better than any of the Rockets' bigs, right? And you could probably like make the case that you know Victor Oladipo is probably better than any non-James Harden guard, right? Like I would rather have Victor Oladipo on his contract than Eric Gordon on his contract, right? Like I, I don't think that's a, I don't I don't think that's a deluded argument. I think you know the upside with Victor Oladipo has always been present. He's a, he's a really uh, great defensive uh, guard, and he has. He has shown the ability to playmake in the in the in the past, and I, I think he has the potential to become so much more. But I mean, like when when guys like Russ are just aren't giving him touches in the fourth quarter, like what do you expect him to do? Like I, I do think that hampers his development a little bit, right? Um, okay, as far as the game, uh, I, I, again, I went back and I rewatched that game, and uh, they they made some they made some clear adjustments to the to, right off the bat. Like they they stopped switching pick and rolls with Harden, um, and. Uh, the other big adjustment I saw was Cantor did not play that game. Like, uh, he played. He played like he played like four minutes. Uh, I feel like Billy Donovan like got scarred for life from game one. Like he's he's just like he can't play like Cantor anymore. Like a, like the the every time he gets the itch to put Cantor in, he just has flashbacks of James Harden just kind of making him look like you know like a rotisserie chicken. Like I I just feel like you know that that like it's. They're they're not playing Cantor much for, again for the rest of the series, yeah. um, and that's that's evident. Like there was one possession where where Cantor and Adams finally, I mean Cantor and um and Harden finally took the floor together, and Harden took advantage of it right away. It was ugly immediately. Yeah, as far as defending Harden, they definitely took a new approach to it. Now I'm not necessarily sure if that was like yeah we talked about this on the last podcast where like I I I thought defending Harden the way they did last in in the last game I, I didn't think it was a bad idea like I thought there was some smart you know there was some smart stuff that went into that right close out the shoot three-point shooters and uh let Harden beat you in isolation right just because in isolation most players in the NBA I mean you just t- tend to be less efficient in isolation than you do off of straight pick and roll um and you know I mean like I they switched their strategy and it worked for like the first two 
two quarters, like a quarter and a half. And then when Harden finally figured it out, because again, Harden's a really, really smart player, and he figured he tends to figure out these things, these defenses, like a lot. Like, like what what the OKC was doing this game, they they were bringing the second man over to show, and basically trapping Harden on these pick and rolls. And the thing with Harden is he's seen this defense like a million times this season, right? Like that that's yeah. the primary way people guard James Harden. Yeah, uh, they're gonna have to bring something new to the table too, because. As, as we said, Ryan doesn't hit anything. I think the one of the big takeaways here is that the Rockets really haven't shot well yet. Uh, and, you know, part of that is that a, a large part is that the Thunder are being very proactive about running the Rockets off the three-point line, and that's helping. But they're also just missing open threes, like, more than they ought to. Like, the, the Thunder really have to hope that the Rockets don't get back to their, uh, their season average three-point shooting because this series would be even more... Like, even more lopsided if that would happen. Right. Uh, which like, I'm excited to see if they can get that going. Right. Like, like, like in this game, like, Lou Williams and Eric Gordon were the only guys that were really able to hit shots. And James Harden, to some extent. Like, Ryan Anderson, uh, Patrick Beverly. Um, you know, like, a lot of their usual uh, gunners just weren't hitting. And, and like, when they start hitting, it could get really ugly. Like, we've seen this before with, like, like game four of the regular season against the Thunder. Like, they... They smoked. They smoked them. They shot fifty percent from the three point line. Now I don't expect a game like that to happen, just because I think it's the playoffs, and I think I think Billy Donovan's going to game plan for the shooters like a lot, because I think he's really conscious of it. Um, now, um, as far as the other stuff, like I I just think like the Rockets couldn't find an answer at all, like in that first quarter until they put Nene in, right? Like they, they were searching for, they couldn't score until they put Nene in, which was weird. Um, and then Nene found all these easy dunks and, uh, and passes. Yeah, he's been rim. really good at that lately. Yeah. He, he's looks so spry, man. Like playoff rest does him really well. Like having Nene off like days rest, like he might benefit from days off more than any other player in the NBA. Like well, it, it, he's at least up there. Like in terms of like his field goal percentage goes way up. His uh like he just dunks a lot more and um he's just more spry defensively too. Like he he tends to be better at switching off these things. and he shoots like 80% against uh on the, he shoots 80% from the field against the Thunder as it is. Um like the Thunder really have no resp- no answer for him. Yeah, man, his hands have been impressive, and he really does look like a different player. Like every single penny of that room exception and more are justified, just in what he's done in these first two games. So yeah, he he's been great. Uh, I am, and also Clint Capella's defense looked really good last game too. Uh, he needs to keep on that role because he's he's looked better lately. I wish he could catch a lob a little better, but maybe Nene can take him, you know, aside and show him the ropes of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, um, one of the big things going into this season with Clint Capella was, like, w- would he ever become, like, a really good rim protector, right? Um, and, like, I feel like towards the end of the, of uh, this game, like, midway through the third quarter, like, he started to show that awesome rim protection that he could be, right? Like, he deterred a lot of those Russ drives, right? Uh, he was right. He met Russ at the rim a lot. Uh, he switched onto Russ, and he did a really good job at that, uh, which, like, I love when Clint Capella switches. Like, I, like, I nerd out when Clint Capella switches onto a point guard. Like, like when, when he did it uh, against against Steph in the Western Conference Finals two years ago, like, he did a damn good job at it, and, like, that's when I really started to pay attention to his defensive potential. Um, so, yeah, he he did a really great job. Uh, Patrick Beverly was, did a really good job, but, I mean, like, as far as on the defensive end, like, 
like Russ just like we talked about this in the last podcast. Like I thought a lot of what Russ, a lot of what was what wrong with Russ in that first game was he was just off. Uh, like I I think yes Patrick Beverly did like play good defense, but like I, to mo- for the most part I think Russ was just off uh, and. Uh, I I think it showed in this game. Uh, as far as the other stuff, he was rebounding. He was all over the place on the floor. He was making his threes. He made a really clutch three um, down the stretch in that fourth quarter. I think that gave the Rockets the lead, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, I mean the role the role players definitely showed out. Uh, as far I think Tre- Trevor Reese only had four points in this game, which was weird. Uh, he definitely needs to get going. Uh, he's had a slow series. They tried switching Trevor Reese on on. Um, on Russell Westbrook tor- towards the end when Patrick Beverly got into foul trouble. Um, and like, he did a pretty good job at it, but like, I, I really think like like Trevor Reza probably needs to stay on Victor Oladipo because I still, I still think Victor Oladipo is a threat to go off. Like, like Maybe that's just me being naive. Like I, I don't think he's going to shoot this poorly for the rest of the series, and especially considering that last game where Russ had to do everything in the fourth quarter, I think the Thunder are going to make a they're going to make a better effort to get him in position to score. All right, like I like I think Billy Donovan and Russ they're they're going to make sure he gets his and and that eases the pressure off of Russ as far as the playmaking duties are concerned. Um, defensively, the Rockets were okay. I mean, they, they had like a one eighteen offensive rating or so, defensive rating or something like that. Like they, they just they just allowed the Thunder to go off, and a lot of that was just Russ. Like they, I can't stress how awesome Russ was in those first three quarters. Like they had yeah. no they had no answer for him at all. Like they, they tried a lot. They they put Air Gordon on him for a stretch, and that didn't work at all. Uh, they put uh, Patrick Beverly obviously, and then and then Trevor Reza uh, sort of slowed him down in the fourth quarter. But I mean, like. It, it just they they had no answer for the for the longest time they they were just kind of waiting for Russ to beat himself, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. Yeah, eventually there was an opening. They took it. They hit. I mean, a large part was that the Russ couldn't play forty eight minutes, and also they did hit some shots. Eventually, they hit a few threes. Uh, you know, Russ played less than stellar, and then things just got on a roll. If they can win that, as people have been saying, it's definitely true that if they can win that game, that's very impressive. That's a game that's easy to lose. That's a game that you'd expect them to lose, but and that's a game they probably would have lost last year and also maybe the year before that. This is this team is very good. They're a lot more confident than they have been in years past for I think a variety of reasons, and they're really really good at gutting through and gutting through uh, deficits and coming out with a win. So. That's what I like to see, that they can somehow manage to win when their threes aren't falling. I mean, the Thunder are a different caliber of team than everybody else they'll be facing from here on out. But it's still impressive. As far as James Harden, uh, yesterday he, he had 35 points, 7 for 17 from the field. 3 for 7 from three from the three-point line, 18 for 20 from the from the free throw line. He got to the free throw line 20 times, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> he had 8 assists. Um he he didn't take care of the ball well. He had seven turnovers, but he was just awesome in this game. Can, can we put a rest to playoff this playoff Harden crap now? Like I feel it, like it's never even been a thing. That's the weird thing is that he has like like he he did not perform particularly well in that final series against the Heat, and then he had like a couple of bad games apart from there. Like he's usually quite good. Other than his thirteen turnover game, he's been really good in the playoffs. I don't know where people are getting this. 
It, right, like, and, and I feel like that's kind of the issue, right? Like, th- those games stick out where he, where he doesn't perform, right? And, and that's kind of what, what I think clouds people's judgment on this, like, the 13 turnover game or the finals performance, right? Like, those games kind of stick out in everyone's memory because it's obviously very deep in the postseason and 13 turnovers is really easy to remember. Um, and, like, I've, other than that, man, like, he's torched Golden State a lot, like, throughout the postseason. I, you, you may remember he made that game-winning uh, step-back jumper uh, on Clay Thompson, like, last uh, <laughs> last year. Like, and, like, every, all the attention went to the Rockets bench reaction, right? Like, and, like, he's he's been awesome in this series. Like, he's figured, like, what, what, what Harden's been doing, right, is, like, the first half he's kind of taking some time to figure out how the Rock, how the Thunder were going to defend the pick-and-roll. And once he's figured that out, like, he, he torched them, like, every single time. He, he had some, like, really clutch clutch threes in this game, right? Like, he just pulled up. Like, Andre Robertson had no effect on him. Like, can, can, can someone tweet me those Andre Robertson <laughs> on, on James Harden stats? Like, I, I want to know now. Like, I, I want to know those updated statistics right now. I want them in my hands. I, I, I want to I see his field goal percentage. I want to see every which way uh, Andre Robertson bothers Harden. Because he's... Yeah. he's He's made Andre Robertson look foolish, man. Like, <laughs> if you want to defend Harden, it takes a village. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's just been awesome. Um, and as far as going into game two, I don't think the Thunder are going to change much. Uh, may- maybe they, they, maybe they'll stop. Uh, may- maybe they'll stop playing Cantor even more. But I mean, I don't, I don't really think that's possible. <laughs> they'll, they'll send him home. Yeah. It's like don't even come to the arena, Ennis. It's not worth it. Because <laughs> they like. Again, like every single like the Rockets know this, right? Like every team in the NBA knows this. When Enos Cantor is on the floor, it's like a big red bullseye. Like, like, like it's funny. Like, like, like if you ever watched the Brit- British comedy Mr. Bean, like, you, there's, there, <laughs> I promise, there's a point to this. Like, there's this blue car in Mr. Bean, right? Like, the, like, like. Mr. Bean's always looking for parking in this comedy, right? It's it's a running theme with the show. He's always he, there's never a place for him to park, right? He has, uh, and there's this blue car he always sees on the road, and every time he sees this blue, blue car, he bullies it every single time. Like he pushes the car off the road, he he uh, breaks into the car, he does all this dumb stuff to the car every single time he sees it. Like his eyes light up, like every time he sees this blue car, and I feel like that's James Harden with Enos Cantor, right? Like like I feel like like. James Harden is Mr. Bean in this scenario, and uh, Enos Cantor is the blue car. I mean, I think it's going to end the scandal with a lot of players. He's not <laughs> a good defender at all. I mean, he's two for two in playoff games this postseason where he has just like a really embarrassing defensive moment. The first one was certainly worse than the second. And the first one where he just got turned 360 degrees was ridiculous. And then in game two where Harden just Euro stepped around him like he wasn't there, <laughs> which was <laughs> just equally uh, delightful, though a, a bit less embarrassing. Like, I mean, at least still, he was just, like, frozen and not spun around. <laughs> I mean, it was still embarrassing. Like, he, he he was three feet out from the rim, and he put his hand straight up. Like, that was where Harden was going to stop. Like <laughs> He's like, what can I do? I mean, he didn't want to pick up another foul. That's all he would have done. He didn't have much of a choice. You know, prudence, I guess, is the better part of valor. But he's going to be spending a lot of time on the bench. Uh, I don't think they can play him even for like one minute because as soon as he gets out there, they're just going to throw Harden right into his face. Like as soon as Enos Cantor starts getting up from the bench, that's when Harden's going to get up from the bench. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Billy Donovan. Matter of Harden 
Yeah, it doesn't matter if Harden just sat down like ten seconds ago. Nope, you're getting back in there, bud. <laughs> like the way the way they were treating like uh the way Billy Donovan was subbing in Enos Cantor, like as soon as uh James Harden sat down, he's like he he brought in Enos Cantor. Like as soon like right away, come in, come in, come in. Come before it's too late, right? Like and then uh, like I feel like that's what the Rockets are doing subsequently when Enos Cantor uh is on the floor for a long stretches, right? They, they they'll they'll find a way to get James Harden his embarrassing uh layup on Enos Cantor, right? Like like it's, I just find this whole saga amusing, right? Like, I, I find it, like, like there was this stretch last year um, and, and the year before where, where James Harden was abusing Austin Rivers, right? Like, he would cross him yeah. up. He would make him look foolish. Like, he, he made he made Austin Rivers fall at one point. Like, he, he just abused, uh, like, Austin Rivers. Like, I feel like this year, like, Enos Cantor is James Harden's Austin Rivers, right? Like, I, like, every single year, Harden finds this guy to just abuse in the pick and roll. And like this year is Enos Cantor. I just, I just think it's funny. If you've got the advantage, press your advantage. That's like that's the thing that irritated me the most at the Rockets the last few years is that they were very bad at pressing their advantage. This Rockets team is much more willing to do so. If they find a particular like pick and roll matchup which is exploitable, they'll just pound it until you give up. <laughs> They're gonna take advantage of it every single possession. Like a couple years ago, you know, they would they would try to get some 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 post ups for Dwight and stuff and try to run some different plays. Uh-uh. Not so in this D'Antoni Harden offense. They want to get points, and they're going to go right for them. It's great to see. They zero in on everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, um, again, like I, I don't see any way the Thunder are going to be able to stop James Harden. Um, like, they're, they're, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they're going to keep on hedging on these pick and rolls and keep on trapping Harden. Um The thing is, like, Harden's passing opens up so much, and when you, when you have four shooters on the floor and, like, you, your big kind of has to stay stay back because of that lob threat with Nene and Capella. It's, it gets really hard to trap, right? Like, like there's always going to be an open shooter available. There's, there's always going to be an open lob threat available. Like, it's it gets really really difficult to do that with Harden. Uh, he's and, and he's seen the, these defenses so many times. Like, right? Like he he's seen this particular time of defense a lot. Like, um, and I, I just think. You know that's just that's just the way um, like Harden operates. Like if he sees something enough, like he's gonna be able to adjust on the fly. He's done that in this playoffs. He's done that in the regular season, and he's probably gonna continue doing that if Billy Donovan throws something different out. The way the Thunder are gonna win this series is if Russ stays under control and does what he does in that first in that first three quarters, right? Like if they keep like there was a lineup they threw out that was really athletic and big and just like there was a lot of long arms and the Rockets just had no answer. Like like Russ was finding Andre Robertson for cuts um at the basket and um and like there was just they were just upsetting the Rockets a lot. And like if if the Thunder keep on doing funky stuff like that, where they they forget about the sh- like forget about the shooting, like you're you're not gonna find shooting on this on this line on this Thunder roster, right? Just find the best version of yourself. And if they if they keep on doing that and muck it up, and they and they uh, keep the games close, right? And uh, going into the fourth quarter, I think Russ always, is always has a chance to steal the game, right? Like, and he was off. He was off this game, but I, 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 in terms of fourth quarter, but I'm not sure if that's going to continue. Yeah, you can't count that out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, well, I, th- the, I think the biggest problem the Thunder face though is that they can do all those things and do everything right, but if the Rockets just hit 34, 35 percent of their threes, it's still not going to matter. But they might not. So <laughs> yeah, it, it can happen. Like the Thunder could win four out of five. They'll have to hope that the Rockets don't shoot very well. So that's why they're. I mean, much like this game, in Game Three, the Rockets have to go out there with their 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 haymaker. This is the time. Yeah, 
And, and I feel like this is this is probably the best chance for the Thunder to steal a game. Um, like going into OKC on your home floor, uh, you know, you obviously got it. Like a lot of national attention about this this Russ thing in the fourth quarter. Like I, I think Russ is gonna adjust. Like I, I, I know he's a smart enough player. I know Billy Donovan's a smart enough coach to talk to him about it. Like. I'm pretty sure, like he's gonna he's gonna make a, a better effort to get his players involved, like, and uh, that's when the Thunder are at their best when Russ is under control, right? And that that's when that's when um, Russ is frankly at his best. Um, he's still getting the triple double. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like like that's a stat that um, you know that got brought up in the regular season a lot. Like the Thunder are X and X when Russ gets a triple double. But I mean, if you look up the stats when Russ gets ten assists, like. Like gets like twenty five points in ten assists. It's pretty damn similar to when Russ gets a triple double, right? Like, and I feel like that's more indicative than when Russ gets these reba- these cheapy rebounds, right? Like, I feel like when he gets players involved and when he gets these assists, that's more indicative of of when the Thunder are at their best. And, and like that's why his his stats are so awesome when he gets a triple double. I mean, that, that's why the Thunder is so awesome when he gets a triple double. Um, and yeah, I I think we talked enough about this game. Um. I, I think the Thunder have a good chance going into this. The Rockets will have to split this probably going into OKC. Like, I think that's the advantage, right? Um, all they've done so far is defended home court, right? They, they've done what's expected of them. They haven't done anything out of the ordinary, right? Now you, you go into OKC and you and you steal a game. And that's got to be the, the goal of the Rockets. Like Steal this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just just take one. and Because and the Thunder are going to come out strong. The, the Thunder, I mean, you know, Oklahoma City has a really hot, you know, crowd like they have one of the best. They have one of the best crowds in the NBA, and and they and they play well on their home floor. So, I think I think there's a real you know likelihood that they'll take a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as the Rockets split, they're good, and you can go home in Houston, take Game Five, and your Golden Series over. And you can move on to the Spurs. Um, yeah, and uh, I'll talk. We'll talk to you guys after Game Three. Hopefully, this series goes well. Um, I mean, hopefully, Game Three goes well, and the Rockets take this game. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how the, how that works out. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops and at Do Nuts. And yeah, guys, good night. <laughs>